Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview for Honda Classic Week on the PGA Tour. My name is Will Doctor, alongside James Ledbetter. Before we get started, you can follow me at drmedia59 on Twitter, at kingdoctor1 on Instagram. You can follow James at James Ledbetter on Twitter, at James Led on Instagram, and at Golf Drills with a Z on TikTok. Led, you had a fantastic week as far as the Genesis Invitational was concerned. You had some action on Joko Neiman, who went wire to wire, and your trust in Mito Pereira definitely paid off as you cashed that top 20 plus 500 ticket on the Mito movement. Yes, it was a very fun week at the Genesis, Genesis Invitational. Had a couple Bloody Marys out there on Sunday, got some uh, clubhouse passes. Uh, not too bad a spot to be chill, uh, you know, chilling out at. Um, I've seen Riviera on TV a hundred times. Uh, to see it in person, to, to see that 10th hole, um, you don't really realize how, first of all, like narrow that 10th green is. You know, they talk about it, how that's one of the best risk reward holes on the PGA Tour. But, you know, just even the fact, I mean, it was like trying to land it on a cart path, uh, narrow wise, uh, whether it be from 75 yards out or with your tee shot. So the fact that some of those guys were hitting it off the tee, incredible. And even that first hole, you know, as we know, it's a, uh, um, you know, one of the, it's an elevated tee box. You hit down there, you probably drops down 40, 50 yards until you get out there and really look at it. It's unbelievable to kind of see, um, that kind of stuff. You'll get the same kind of vibes. If, if you're ever lucky enough to kind of get out to Augusta and, you know, walk the course, it's, if you can, obviously it's really hard to get tickets, but just do it one time in your life. And then watching it on TV, you now finally kind of have that like context or perspective to kind of see how downhill that 15th hole is. And that, uh, you know, that third shot, 85 yards off a downslope, how hard that shot is. Um, yeah. How about, how about, have that. <clears throat> yeah. How about that 10th hole led? I mean, you know, I, uh, the, those two bunkers, just how small that green is. Um, I, I know we saw Justin Thomas, you know, kind of go for the, the, the layup there. He was getting a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of heat from the commentators about laying up there. It seemed to pay off, but I think I've never been out the rib, but just tell me, I mean, how narrow is that 10th green? Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I mean, the whole golf course, you don't really realize is like, I mean, we know it's tree line and stuff, but man, you have to work it both ways off the tee. You have to, uh, the grass is so pure, like even just like walking on the, you know, you're crossing the fairways out there. You're like, yeah, they have a lot. Are they allowing us to come walk out here, you know, <laughs> just across the ferry for the, for the uh, players come. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the week I had, you know, obviously Joaquin Neiman notching his second PJ tour victory. Um, it's good to, you know, add one in a while. What was his first one? The Greenbrier a couple of years ago now. Yeah, um, correct. And Colin was right in there with a couple of chip-ins in the final round. That chip-in on 10 was Definitely oh. uh, electric, sent the, sent the crowd uh, going for sure. Uh, but gambling-wise, yeah, solid week for myself. Jason Kokrak over Russell Hanley, minus 110. Joaquin Neiman over Thomas Peters, minus 110. That thing was over on the first hole, it seemed like. Uh, Morikawa, top 10, plus 210. And then, yeah, Mito, top 20, plus 500. Nice uh, little cherry on top of that week. Um, also, had Morikawa... And uh, JT at 20 to one and 16 to one, respectively, you know, top fives for both of those guys. So can't ask for much more in terms of how that went. But yeah, we're moving into the Florida swing. It gets kicked off at uh, West Palm Beach here, uh, PJ National Resort and Spa. Will, we both played the golf course, uh, you know, in our past, whether it be some junior golf tournaments or some college events. 
Um, what do you think of that course? Obviously one of the tougher on tour. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, you know, my, my first and only, uh, tournament there, I think it was, I think it was 2016. It might've been 17. I'm having trouble finding the, the results, but no, I played out here. I, uh, I, I fought an opening round 88. I saw every square inch of this place. Uh, you know, it, it's no, it's no joke. I mean, I think this is always a challenging week, uh, to bet, especially, you know, at, over the last couple of years as the, the field's gotten a little weaker, but I think the bottom line is this is one of the best tests that the PGA tour has to offer. I mean, it's really, it's, I've had a great time today diving into the statistics of the bear trap, which is the final stretch 15, 16, 17 before that par five, 18th guys like Russell Knox have owned it over the years. And then you have, you know, a guy like Ryan Palmer, who has gone about 40 over um, around the bear trap. So it's going to be really interesting to get into that today, Led. And Will, you mentioned the field. What is that? What the hell is going on with this field? Is it like an opposite field event? Did the Saudi League already fire up? Or, you know, what's yeah, the I, I, we, got zero, I, yeah. we got zero guys in the top 10. We only, only five from the top 25 in the world. You know, this event used to get all the Jupiter studs. You know, they could stay in their own houses, uh, take their, uh, you know, obviously drive the course right close there, but um, not anymore, I guess. Not really. I know it's coming after a big event. Riviera is probably, you know, probably top 10 event on tour now. So maybe a couple guys resting up for, you know, you look ahead at in this broken Bay Hill, maybe tournaments like that. But I always, you know, I've always enjoyed watching the Honda, especially because of that finish. Yeah. I, I think that over the years as, you know, players, Obviously, they're required to play this certain amount of events, but I think after the California swing, you know, a lot of the high-ranked players want to take a week off, but you're exactly right. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like that tall of a task to come back from the Florida swing, considering, half, like you just said, half the players live in Florida. Um, you know, Daniel Berger, Joaquin Neiman, this is right down the street from their house. Uh, but yeah, very. It, it'll be interesting to see, you know, over the next couple of years, if it if it kind of keeps digressing, um, you know, I, I will say from a betting perspective, I think a lot of people don't enjoy betting this tournament for the reason that so many tickets can get screwed late on Sunday around that bear trap. I mean, you know, yeah. someone, someone could be sitting in third and you got a Ryan Palmer sitting in third and, and, you know, makes a couple of big numbers on the bear trap and, and there goes your tickets. I will say, I love the 18th hole PGA national. I think it's one of the best closing holes on tour. It's decided six of the last eight Hondas. Um, you know, that Rory, that Rory five uh, from like unbelievable two two fifty five or two seventy out or something like that. That's what I I was telling you, man. You know, I miss, I miss, you know, seeing guys like Rory, obviously tigers hurt, but, um, it's, it's a bit of a shame. We don't have those guys here this week. For sure. Like let's toss Ennis Rook in there and, you know, let's swap those out and then maybe guys would be more inclined to, you know, they're all pretty much all the studs are playing Riviera. Right. So Then give then give us Innisbrook week. You know some guys aren't too fond of Copperhead, and then uh, let's do Honda. So PJ, you know Jay Monahan uh, take some notes here. But uh, let's get into the golf course. Like we stated, PJ National. The specific course is called Champion. It's a seven thousand one hundred twenty-five yard par seventy. Uh, we got one hundred forty-four players in the field this week. T sixty-five and ties are making the cut. Um, the course is designed by Tom Fazio and Jack Nicholas. Um, uh, you know, obviously referring, that's why they call it the bear trap. They got a huge, uh, a huge bear on the, what is that? 15th tee that, uh, I remember is like, 
it's like going up to Spider-Man and taking your picture with them. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Uh, Are you jumping? Like the, the, people like getting the bear's arms. I, yeah, I went up to it on my arms. How am I supposed yeah. to get up there? Yeah, or how do you get out? I think it's a little. I don't think we're gonna have too many players <laughs> hopping up there uh, this week, but uh, definitely some kids. Um, anyways, though, in terms of the way the course plays, got a ton of water out there. I'd say a good course comp that I kind of was looking through is TPC Sawgrass. You know. Trouble on every shot. Um, there's just a ton of shots where you have to hit your spot or your routine, you know, whether that's a, you know, tee shot on, you know, a couple of these tougher par fours that are, you know, waterline down the fairway, certainly on these par threes, if you leave the club face open on 15 or 17, you better be asking your caddy for another ball. Cause it's, uh, it's going to be wet. Um, in terms of, you know, anything other, uh, else about the golf course, um, just kind of my philosophy that I'm going into this week is I want to be taking guys who are in form. You know, sometimes we're looking at guys who potentially might be coming off a couple of missed cuts, you know, might their number might've ballooned up a little bit. Um, this is, this golf course in particular is not a course you want to be searching for your game on, and you're probably not going to find it uh, given the difficulty of it. Like we said, ranks as one of the most difficult on tour, um, especially the last couple holes that we mentioned with the bear trap there. I think if you can get through um, the bear trap or, you know, even the golf course alone uh, with zero doubles on the card this week, you're going to be sitting pretty good there uh, for the weekend. Um, and, you know, other things we're kind of looking at is the grass, you know, we're back to Florida. Now the grass this week is Bermuda throughout the course, brutal rough um, in the sense that really tough to judge. So if it's, you know, if it's 155 yards, you don't know if you should hit eight iron because it's going to come out soft or hit pitching wedge because it's going to jump like crazy on you. So you'll see some, you'll definitely see some air mailed greens this week and definitely prepare yourself to see some duff chips because it's the first event of the Florida swing. Yes, I know these guys are pros, but it does take a little bit getting used to. It's a little bit different technique when you're hitting off this super gravity Bermuda grass, especially you know, wait, 8 a.m. in the morning, a little softer, a little muddy. Uh, you'll see the occasional pro who's uh, chipping on his third and fourth shot. Because uh, if you decel, it's pretty much over for you. Uh, in terms of the stats we're going to look at, we're going to definitely look at the Bermuda putters, see who plays the grain the best um, on, the, on the surfaces out there. Going back to, you know, last year, Matt Jones is our defending champion, won by five shots after an opening round 61 uh, just goes to show how tough the golf course is. Shot nine under in the first round and one with 12 under. So didn't do too much uh, the last couple of days. But 61, that score, like when I first saw that, I thought it was like a misprint. That 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 score is not out there. Uh, for him to shoot a score like that, that's got to be, I'm, a, I'm assuming that's course record in terms of, uh, you know, comparing that to other ones. I think it's not because they played it on another it's not, it wasn't a, a Honda course record because they've, they've, uh, it's only been there since like 2007. But, uh, yeah. It, it's essentially a, that's like essentially a 55 at the Sony Open. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 55. <laughs> that's a, that's a great comp, actually. But other guys that, you know, played well last year, we had Brandon Hagee, uh, who finished second. Well, I read something about him on Twitter. Did he qualify this week or? He was in that 16-man Monday qualifier. But he, he was not. Hit, but then someone did withdraw, so Hagee is in now. That, so, that, that, that was Chase Siffert. 
That was Chase Sifford. Unless I'm wrong. Well, well, hey, let's take a let's take a little pause. I'll check. So Hagee's in or out? I can't believe you can finish runner up in an event and not be in the next year. Like, what are we doing? Right. Let me, let me. Well, Chase Sifford finished third, and he wasn't in. He had to get in on a withdraw. Uh, but I'm checking right now. Let's see. It's not like the Masters where you finished, you know, top twenty, and they're like, "Come on back, come for the Champions." Day. Brandon Hagee is in the field. You are correct. Brandon okay. Hagee is Hagee's in the, in the field. field. Okay, um, but back to it. Other guys that finished third, there was like a seven-way tie for third. Um, but guys you've heard of, um, notables, and given this field, unfortunately, these are notables. Russell Hanley, CT Pan, finishing six shots back of uh, of Matt Jones last year. Um, what else here? What else we got here? The average winning score over the last seven years uh, is less than nine under par. So, you know, get ready to see a grind. Past champions include Sungjae Im, Keith Mitchell, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, Russell Henley, and Rory. Um, I wish we had more guys like this in the field this week. I mean, those are obviously rattling off some studs. Given the field this week, I think it's going to be a little bit uh, more looking at some of the longer odds. Uh, and also just taking into the fact of the golf course, um, the difference between – it's crazy, but the difference between like a birdie and a double on like five or six holes can be like less than three feet. You know, I remember playing out there a couple, uh, a couple years ago and I pulled my uh, – my tee shot on like the 15th hole par three, the pin was front, right. It's semi Island green water. Right. And I'm like about to go reach for another ball, but it kind of hung up and stayed on the edge and was on the fringe. It only was like 15 feet from the hole, but it's, you know, it's kind of those yellow lines. Like if you, uh, if you hit it in the hazard, you're grabbing another shot and it, then it becomes a little bit of like, Oh my God, here we go again. I got this exact same shot. So um, definitely some of the more daunting shots you're going to see on the PJ tour are, are this week in terms of the stats. We're going to, we're going to look at fairway percentage. Uh, going to look at that more than usual because the Bermuda rough can uh, be difficult, especially stopping the ball on the greens. Um, like we said, when we get into the Florida swing is when we're really going to start looking at uh, the rough being a little bit more of a factor before we're just like, go hit it as hard as you can get it up there as far as you can. We're going to be looking at strokes gained approach. Um, we're going to look at strokes skin putting Bermuda. And then one more note is I think we could poten- potentially maybe Friday or Saturday, uh, we'll, we'll be pretty active on our Twitter and stuff, but be looking at some live bets. Cause I could definitely see a player, you know, maybe throwing up a 74 or something the first round and getting back into the thick of it late on Sunday, just because of the, you know, just the way this tournament kind of plays. If if seven under or eight under ends up winning this event, you can afford it opening round 72, 73, and then get hot on the weekend. So could definitely see a, a bit of a come from behind win. But um, yeah, the golf course, I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting. I can't, I actually probably looking forward to this one more than, uh, you know, any of these next, the next couple of weeks. Well, any, anything more on the golf course? No, no, we're going to start by uh, discussing the top favorites for the Honda Classic. Then we'll work our way into matchups, uh, picks to place. We'll move into dark horses, give out some outright winners, uh, set our lineups and make our best bets. Additionally, uh, we, we will throw out the, uh, the, the gin pick of the week uh, to wrap things up and then give you a final scoring prediction. So, uh, Led, let's uh, start it off here with Sung JM at 12 to 1. Let's do it. So Sung J.M. at 12 to 1. He is at 12 to 1 for a reason. Um, first of all, 
Well, what do you think a new nickname maybe for Sungjae Im? Well, just uh, it only requires changing one letter. Sungjae In, because this guy is in every single field. I mean, this guy does not take a week off. We know that. But, um, yeah, we'll just – I don't know. I kind of – I think In is kind of catchy. I like but, it. Uh, I like it. Okay. So, 2020 Honda Classic Champion had a t- top 10 in 2021 last year. Um, Sungjae is not only the betting favorite because of his course history. He's playing great so far this PJ Tour season. He has a win at the Shriners, four top tens, not including an eleventh place at the Amex. Consistency has really been incredible. I mean, is it the pause at the top? Is it the slow backswing? You have Cameron Young playing well at Genesis too. I may have to go full blown Shooter McGavin and start trying that backswing out in the woods. Bro. What do you think <laughs> in terms of? Uh, I mean, clearly it's working for both of those guys. But in terms of what Sungjae has done. He's a, you know, he's a really good driver of the golf ball, and it's not based on distance. So like we talked about, we're going to look at rather than just who's the best drivers out here because that can be pretty skewed just based on how far you hit it. I'm really going to look at fairway percentage. So he's incredibly accurate off the tee. He's 34th in fairway percentage so far this season. He's, he's, picked, up the, he's picked up strokes off the tee in every single event he's played, uh, he's played this year. So like we said, this guy with the big stick cannot really be beat right now. And the fact that he's doing it not with distance, really more with accuracy is, uh, is great. It's great for, uh, for Honda. Um, in terms of uh, anything else about his game, starting to putt a little bit better. He's picked up strokes on the greens in back-to-back events leading to this week. So I don't think you can really go wrong with Sungjae. I know this is very out of character. We always pass the favorite, but uh I don't mind reaching a little bit on him. I've seen him at 12 to 1, 14 to 1. Right now he's 12 to 1 on Bet MGM. So in an event where the, you're missing a lot of the studs, I kind of see Sung Jay, you know, maybe Louie up in these favorites, and then it just completely falls off. So yes, we talked about it. We're we're looking more at some of the long shots in this field, but uh, I don't mind just taking one of the absolute top guys, you know, expecting him to play well here, has the course history. So for my first pick, I'm actually going to be taking uh, some gate 12 to one. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you know, according to Justin Ray on Twitter, there are 251 players with 10 or more career rounds of PGA national um, history. And only two have a scoring average under 69.5. One of those guys is Sung JM. The other one is Tiger Woods at 69.27. Uh, so that's a great little nugget. And I completely agree. You know, uh, for, for, a, for a betting week as crazy as the Honda Classic, I don't mind playing him at all. and definitely have him in a couple of plays that we'll get to later on. Um, on to Tommy Fleetwood at 14 to 1. I don't hate Tommy Fleetwood this week, but 14 to 1 seems illegal. Um, and and there's, there isn't really too much to discuss here. I wouldn't take him in a matchup against Sung Jay. I wouldn't take him in a matchup against Louis who's currently at 16 to one. And I'm seeing the Fleetwood top 10 number at plus 170, which is also a crime uh, given that Fleetwood has one top 10 worldwide um, since the start of the season that came at the Zozo championship back in the fall. I understand that he has two top 10 finishes here uh, and two starts and that he's played some of his best golf in Florida, but you know, the Fleetwood numbers to me look very inflated lead and I'm, I'm definitely out on him this week. Yeah, well, when you sent me those lines, I thought it was actually like a prank. Like, uh, I literally thought it was a prank. Um, Fleetwood being second in the odds is absolutely absurd. Um, not only being second, 14 to 1, I absolutely hate that number. Last top 10 um, was Bay Hill. Uh, you know, 
going on a year from then, and then only has three top tens on the PJ Tour in his last two years. So the fact that he's second favorite makes absolutely zero sense. Um, yes, he does have a couple top tens in the Middle East, but we've seen guys come over and just uh, not exactly, uh, um, you know, put up some good results after you know a couple good results on the European Tour. Um, so don't fade Tommy this week. I want you to slice Tommy Fleetwood at fourteen <laughs> at fourteen to one. But moving into our next guy, Louis Oosthuizen. You know, not too bad a drive down from Ocala this week for Louis. Uh, um, when you're looking at course history, not exactly loving it. Um, he's only made two cuts and six starts. Uh, I was looking for stats on how Louis has been playing, and they don't really exist besides a 14th at the waste management. Uh, really solid week. He picked up strokes in every single category. Um, but I like Louis. Uh, based on a number of reasons this week uh, for him at 16 to one, um, you know, like I talked about early, earlier with the philosophy, rather than taking guys who have all this good course history, this doesn't course, toss course history out. You know, yeah. obviously um, if they played here 20 times and have some good results, yes, that's great. But this is more, it's not like how much you like the Honda. It's just when you play the Honda, were you hitting it good or were you hitting it bad? Cause that's pretty much, uh, telling us if you finish top 10 or if you miss the cut, they're pretty, pretty uh, correlating. You cannot, you're going to have a really tough time contending here. If you're losing strokes, uh, T to green, um, you can't exactly uh, do it with the putter, but, but um, in terms of Louis consistency, he hasn't finished outside the top 40 in an event since the players last year. So, you know, incredibly uh, consistent, well, you know, last summer, Louis was knocking on the door, you know, a couple runner-ups. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he finally got over the hump. And I want to say he hasn't won out on the PJ Tour. Is that right? It was, like, very similar to a Westwood where it's like, how is this guy not won on the PJ Tour? How is this guy not won on the PJ Tour? Um, could certainly see him jumping up this week, especially with this bad of a field and, uh, and taking the Honda. As we know, Louis does show up in majors. This golf course is going to play like they're hosting a major, you know, with a with – a, winning score of single digits. So I think all of those stuff leaning. So of the favorites, definitely leaning towards guys like Sung J and Louis Ustase and that's 16 to one. Yeah. I'll have, um, I'll have a couple plays on uh, Louis as well, not taking the 16 to one ticket, but we'll definitely see him uh, as we get further along in the pod on to Billy Horschel um, at 18 to one. Billy Horschel just named volunteer assistant coach at U- University of Florida late last week. So round of applause for Billy there. Um, also said wow. that Phil Mickelson has likely tarnished his legacy with his Saudi comments. So that's factual. Also another round of applause for Billy. Wait, how does that correlate to, to this week? No, but how does that correlate to wait? What did Phil say that affected Billy? So, Led, according to uh, Golf Week 2014 FedEx Cup uh, champion Billy Horschel weighed in on the Mickelson situation, calling it idiotic, complete lies, false, um, uh, you know, regarding Phil's comments um, about, um, about the Saudi tour to Alan Chipnuck. So if, if everyone's not familiar with that, um, you know, Alan Chipnuck released a couple quotes from Phil uh, saying that he doesn't, you know, doesn't even want to go to, to, to the Saudi tour. He's just doing it for the money. Um, he, you know, he Mickelson commented how uh, the, you know, the Saudis kill gays and how they kill reporters. Um, and Billy called the whole thing uh, complete lies, idiotic and false. Uh, okay. 
and and uh, because of that, KPMG also just uh, ended their deal with Phil Mickelson. So that's kind of, I mean, that's that's happened all here in the last hour. Wow. I, yeah. His coffee is probably not doing too well. This uh, special Phil coffee. No, no, <laughs> no. It's, it's not tasting the same. He's going to have to get on the, uh, get back on the Sumatra. But as far as Billy Horschel is concerned at the Honda Classic this week, you have to love where he's at in his game. He's been trending perfectly um, into this Florida swing, which, you know, is also where he resides on the East coast. Uh, you know, he finished 11th at the farmers and then sixth at the Phoenix open uh, the week before last. And, uh, you know, Billy Horschel has had some very close calls here um, over the years, came in eighth year and 16, fourth year and 17. Um, and now since then his best finish in three starts is 16th. But as Led said earlier, you know, not factoring previous starts um, here too much this week, we're more, more looking at how players are trending into this event, and Billy is trending extremely well. So I'm going to counter there a little bit. Yes, he does have, you know, coming off a tight stick, the waste management a couple of weeks ago, like you said, 11th, the Farmers. But I was looking kind of deeply into those two events. He picked up over five shots with a putter in both of those, right? So if, he, if Billy Ho doesn't uh, put lights out in both of those events, those maybe are – you know, maybe a 35th and a 47th versus a 6th and an 11th. Um, in terms of just how well he's been putting, right, picking up f- over five shots in back-to-back events, I'm expecting that putter to cool off at some point. And uh, he's really been struggling with the irons a little bit. So I don't know if that's going to be uh, a great thing heading into a place where you better have the irons on point to compete. But um, will any counter to that, or uh, you still you, you think that the hot putter continues on? Uh, he does put Bermuda okay, but uh, what do you think? No, great point. You know, I'm I'm definitely taking a couple risks on guys who uh, you know could could definitely be rolling in here with with better arm play. I definitely noted um, you know it needs to improve if he wants to continue. But he is driving the ball very well, um, and I think led the deciding factor uh, this week on whether Billy will play well or not. Um, you know, is, is his incredible consistency on Bermuda surfaces. Um, I don't love Billy to win at 18 to one, uh, but whether I'd it's rather a, have a guy like, I'd rather have a guy like Louie at 16 to, or in that same kind of ballpark uh, number than a guy like Horschel. Absolutely. At, at that number. Absolutely. And I don't have anything on, on Billy this week, looking down my list uh, coming up, uh, but I certainly can't argue with anyone, anyone that wants to take, you know, a, a matchup or a pick the place. Um, unless of course, like you just said, Louie, I, I wouldn't like that matchup, but I'd have to, I have to look, I don't have anything on Billy this week. I'm not sure what his matchups are either. He's uh, I will be, I'll be high, highlighting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In our head, yeah. In our yeah. Heads later. Yeah. But and, let- and, and FanDuel it's, I don't like, yeah, it's, it's Billy Horschel plus one Oh two Louie stays and I don't like that at all. Yeah, so let's move into our next guy, Daniel Berger, at the same number, 18 to 1. Is Daniel Berger hurt? Do we know? Is he hurt or is he injured? Do we you know, know any of these answers? Um, I haven't been able to get a, uh, uh, a, a report on what he's dealing with, but um, obviously struggling a little bit, pulling out of AT&T, coming off of miscut at the waste management. Um Home, home cooking for DB, straight vibing this week. Do you think he can find a channel and take the boat to work, Will, or is he going to have to drive? You know, I know he loves that big uh, tarpon fishing boat he uses. 
Um, but oh, here it is. He is he has a sacroiliac joint sprain, whatever the hell that is. It does not sound good. Um, this isn't Nick Bosa. You can just shoot up and uh, you can go out there and just go hit someone. Golf being such a finesse sport, I feel like these injuries, um, you know, aren't taken really into consideration enough, especially something, you know, um, dealing with a core muscle or dealing with a wrist in, in golf. It's not like, okay, I, you know, you just, you tape it up. Yes, you can do that, but there's kind of some golf being such a finesse sport. You know, if you're swinging a pitching wedge and you normally hit it 147 and because you're a little hurt, you're only one, you know, hitting at one, 142. And now like this is a PJ tour five yard differences, whether it be on one shot or every shot and kind of trying to manage your game through an injury um, is really tough to do. Right. Tiger being the best at it. You know, you think of him at yeah. Torrey Pines when he's, when he's playing on a broken leg, but not everyone is tiger. Um, I think this number is a, a bit short for someone uh, who's dealing with an injury like that. I mean, this guy might even be rocking up and uh, using handicap parking this week to get a good spot. So um, at 18 to one, I think Daniel Berger's a total pass because we don't know um, what type of burger, you know, cheese, uh, you know, uh, turkey burger, what kind of burgers rolling up this week. So as Kendrick Perkins would say, Daniel Berger at 18 to one, carry on. No, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm off uh, burger as far as winning is concerned. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree a bit there. Um, you know, he, he took a week off Riviera. He did miss his last cut at the Phoenix. Uh, but if you look at if you look at the broader spectrum over the last five events, um, he's been hit, hitting his irons incredibly well. He's a great player on Bermuda, and and um, you know, I, I, I like him. I like top 10 this week for Berger. He's had some some su- success here in the past. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't disagree not taking the winning number because of, you know, the, the questions with the injury. I'd say, you know, the PGA Tour does the worst job as far as injury reports are concerned. They got to get linked up with Roto World, you know, NBA, Fantasy Lab, something good uh, to get some injury reports here because it's it's very free- frequent we kind of saw with Kepka last year, and now we're dealing with Berger again. But I am going to take a flyer on Berger when we get to picks to play. So I'm very impressed with his iron play so far this year since he's moved uh, to, the, to that old set of tailor-made MCs that I talked about last week. And moving on to, uh, to, to Joaquin Neiman at 18-1. to 1. And as you all saw, Joko absolutely tore up Riviera, 63-63 in the opening rounds, en route to that second career victory. I'm not necessarily... I'm uh, going to expect regression from Joko. I know the lead got close a few times, but he was on cruise control for most of that wire-to-wire victory. He talked so much about enjoying the week, you know, that, that, that South American and Spaniard bunch on the PGA Tour, very close-knit week-to-week, and led, they just have a better time than everyone else. I mean, that's just, that, that's just the fact of the matter. I think uh, they keep it light when they're not on the course, um, and, and I like that. I like that for longevity and consistency over a long period of time. He came in. He came in twenty fifth here last year, and you know that was his best finish in three starts here at the Honda. Um, and overall, he's an extremely solid player in Bermuda. Loves this Florida swing. I'm amped um, to see if he plays in the Valspar in a few weeks, where he won an AJGA there back in the day. Um, I'm seeing Joko over Brooks um, at one twenty six on FanDuel, which is way overpriced in my opinion. Um, I am seeing Joaquim over Horschel um, at plus 100 on DraftKings. 
which I don't mind. I don't mind at all. It's not on my slate, but I don't mind it. From uh, from the few matchups I've seen, um, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna stay away from Joaquin this week. Uh, but I, you know, what's funny, I don't expect him to finish outside the top thirty here this week, Led. Yeah, just you know, diving into Joaquin's week last, uh, you know, last week at the Genesis, he picked up fourteen point one shots tee to green. I mean, he's hitting it so well, even if he was tired on. Thursday, uh, and has, you know, he, he can afford a rough day the way he's hitting it. Um, you know, it's not like he had some 11, he picked up 11 shots on the green and some fluky putting thing where we're going to see a regression. Um, realistically, you know, even comparatively to that field last week, he is the best ball striker in the world right now. Um, even if he has a mediocre ball striking week, he's still going to be picking up three, four shots on this field with how weak it is. So I could certainly see him, you know, contending might be a lot because it is, you know, it takes it out of you, especially a wire to wire win at the Genesis. You know, that is a, that's like four days of a grind. It's not like he shot is, you know, 68 the first day and then was kind of not into the thick of it till Sunday. You know, he's going to bed on Thursday with a, with a lead. So, you know, maybe might be a little fatigued mentally this week, but I think even if his putter regressed a little bit, the way he's swinging right now, I think he could certainly uh, handle, you know, a top 10, especially when you look at this field and it's like, who the hell are these guys? Yeah. Start getting outside the out, outside the top 10. But um, let's move into our next guy, Shane Lowry, 22 to one, the champion golf of the year from a couple of years ago. Um, the Jupiter local, supposedly he's a huge Chipotle guy. My friend saw him there uh, at, when the WGC was at concession um, in uh, in Sarasota, Florida, and he, uh, my buddy saw him at Chipotle in line, and he said he got the biggest burrito he'd ever seen. The staff actually had to double wrap that thing like he was Tiger at Stanford. Um, but anyways, it's his first PGA Tour of the event of the year for him. Um, you know, one thing we think about Shane Lowry is kind of the elite iron play, especially the short irons. Definitely going to need that here this week at the Honda. A little bit of course history, finishing 36th last year here. Um, coming off four, four straight top 25s on the DP World Tour. Not going to get too excited about that because we've seen guys, you know, do stuff like that and then come over here and just MC hammer. Um, but hasn't exactly thrived on the PGA Tour. You know, going back to his last two starts on the PGA Tour are just, you know, missed cuts, not even close, really missed cuts. Um, so I don't know. I don't really see him contending this week. On a guy who's, you know, really not a great putter, and then when you look at how he puts on Bermuda, he's 87th in the field, and, you know, a lot of these guys in the field are Corn uh, Ferry graduates and guys making their first starts, so they're not even eligible to really even be factored in. So he's definitely one of the worst uh, Bermuda putters in the field. Um, I just think there's better guys at the same number. Uh, I'd rather, you know, bet on a guy kind of in that Joaquin range. I'd rather bet, you know, potentially on a next guy like Brooks than a guy like Shane Lowry. So I will not be putting any guac on Shane Lowry this week. Yeah, I'm with you, Led. If, we, if you had to flip a coin on a top 20, you know, I'm taking Brooks um, over Shane. And for, for me, it comes down to the, those last two starts here um, on the PGA Tour in Houston and Mayaco, but struggle at Bermuda. Um, and, you know, it, w- it will be interesting to see how he fares at PGA National, but I'm not paying to see it. So uh, let's move on to Kepka at 22 to 1. Brooks, you know, another interesting case this week. Came in second here back in 19. But as we know, the attitude has changed for Brooks when it comes to events. 
with a low strength of field. Only two players in the top 25 in the world golf rankings this week uh, playing. And that worries me when it comes to Brooks um, because we know we're at the point where he's missed four of his last six cuts. Luckily, I had the top 20 ticket on him at the waste management, uh, but took the, t- the same ticket last week at the Genesis and he missed the cut. You know, I'm not going to say that Brooks Kepka top 20, you know, at, at plus 110 is still ever an awful bet. But, you know, tread with caution here. He has hit his drive. He hit his driver awful at Riv last week. Um, and that, you know, that's a huge factor at PGA National. Um, so for me, top 20 or pass on Brooks this week. Um, also, besides that second place finish in 2019, he's done absolutely nothing at the Honda Classic in five starts. Yeah. And the way Brooks Kepka kind of plays, he normally is a, you know, miscut, top five, miscut, yeah, top five. So I know. Uh, after coming off a miscut, you know, he probably sent it in L.A. over the weekend. Um, should be should be well rested now. Um, I think this marks the three-year anniversary since uh, when Brooks Kepka was teeing off on the first hole at this event, and they called him Brooks Cupcake. Wow. <laughs> the announcer like, somehow uh, screwed up there. I thought that was kind of hilarious. I, I saw it uh, come up on Twitter a couple of days ago. But, um, yeah, in terms of Brooks, when you look at the field, you know, when you compare it to waste management, what would you see at waste management? Well, like 28 to 1? Um, yeah, so yeah. I don't hate the number 22 to 1 just based on the fact that, like, who the hell is playing in this field? But um, – yeah, I mean, among the other guys, I, I like I do like him over a Lowry. Um, I do like him over a Billy Horschel. But yeah, Brooks hasn't exactly been the most consistent guy. So coin flip would be the, definitely the uh, you know way to describe that kind of pick. But another guy who's like you know coin <laughs> flipping fifty five coins is uh, Matthew Wolf at thirty five to one. Hard pass to win. Uh, he is just way too wild. Uh, what's the under over for highest score Matthew Wolf makes on a hole this week? Well, I had it at 7.5. Um, I'd actually love to just absolutely hammer that bet for DeGen bet. If we could find someone to post that, um, the highest score a player will make this week. I think I kind of like the over on seven and a half just because, uh, you know, those part threes get pretty dicey, <laughs> get pretty dicey out there. If there's a guy who's going to drive you absolutely insane on if, you know, if he's kind of, you know, if you have a top 20 ticket, if you have a matchup against someone else who's in contention, if there's a guy that you're going to completely hold your breath on the back nine at Sunday here, it's going to be Matthew Wolf. I mean, a quad could, could definitely, yeah, quad could come out I, any point in time. I could definitely see the, you know, the no look tin cup asking for the ball going on. Uh, absolutely. Gankus. Gankus. <laughs> yeah. But, um, He's lost strokes tee to green in back-to-back events now, so it's not like he's hitting it like he was earlier on in the PGA Tour season. Um, with a, On a course with so much trouble for a wild guy like him, you just – I mean, he, I'd assume he's going to have, I don't know, a double around kind of makes sense on yeah. the way this course plays. So for him to be – I don't know. I just don't like that 35-1 to 1 number. But stay tuned. He could potentially be a look in the uh, in the degen bets for, uh, yeah. for Matty Wolf. Yeah, I like the last time that he came off rest uh, was going into the fall season, and you know he th- this is how he performed over that four week run: seventeenth at Sanderson Farm, second at Shriners, fifth at Mayakoba, eleventh at Houston Open. Obviously, we're dealing with a uh, um, you know a completely different giant in PGA National. You know, we we we've said it already today. You want to have someone who's who's already playing well 
Um, I did spot a very good matchup with Matthew Wolf. So I will be playing him this week. Uh, we'll be holding my breath there. Um, <clears throat> on to just got to beat one guy. Just got to beat one guy. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And um, yeah, I'll give you some good reasons why he's going to beat this, uh, this certain Scottish player here in a sec. On to Keith Mitchell at 40 to one. Uh, okay. So Keith Mitchell won this event back in 2019. He's had a miscut and 53rd place finish at the Honda classic. Uh, but here's what you have to take into consideration last year, Keith Mitchell rolled into the Honda classic um, after missing four cuts um, in his previous five tournaments. And in, in 2020 uh, Mitchell's results looked very similar coming into this event. Like I said, in the last two years or his last two times playing here, he's miscut and finished 53rd has not played well going into either one of those events. That's not the case this year. Keith Mitchell has elevated his game to another level in 2020. He came in seventh to the Sony where I had a dark horse ticket, um, a top 20 dark horse ticket cash on him. Uh, then he missed, missed the cut at the farmers and then goes 12th at Pebble beach and 10th at Phoenix. He's been absolutely dialed since the start of the season. Uh, and this is a guy we're likely going to see, you know, in, in a good matchup as well as um, fantastic odds, plus 150 for a top 20 ticket. Uh, I really love Keith Mitchell any way you can get him this week, um, except, you know, I, I, I do not have a winning ticket on him at 40 to 1 this week. Yeah, I don't have anything on Keith Mitchell. Well, I mean, that guy's got to be on the Mount Rushmore of guys you wouldn't recognize that are on the PGA Tour if they sat next to you on an airplane. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd be like so... <laughs> You know, he'd roll in with the, he'd roll in with, was, he definitely wears that cry crown visor on the plane. He's definitely like, he sits next to a dad. Okay. He sits next okay. to, so maybe we recognize him. He sits next to a dad on a, on a, uh, on a plane. The dad's like, all right, man, like what, what course do you remember at? You know, definitely has, yeah. no, you would not recognize that this guy's is PGA tour card. No way. For sure. For sure. If you do want to you know, recognize some players in airports, just uh, start travel to Europe. Um, you know, right before the British Open, and the the <laughs> let's just say the baggage claim, uh, what it would be Gatwick if you're if, or uh, Heathrow, wherever that British Open is at, is literally you're inside the ropes for, uh, for a couple hours there with the guys coming off. You just recognize the guy with the club gloves, it's actually uh, pretty fun. Um, when I've gone over there in the past, but let's move into those head to heads. Um, all these head-to-heads were found on DraftKings for me. Uh, starting off, uh, Louis Oosthuizen over Daniel Berger. Louis has picked up strokes tee to green in 14 of his last 15 events. Um, coming off a tied 14th at the Waste Management. Like I said earlier, I think Berger is a bit of a question mark here. What health-wise, last time he teed up, he missed the cut and lost strokes in every single category. Um, with one week of rest, are we sure that he's just completely back to you know normal Berger? Um, Louis is the 10th best Bermuda putter in the field while Berger ranks in the bottom half of the field on that surface. So I absolutely love that matchup uh, for my first one. And then for my next one, Joaquin Neiman over Billy Horschel minus 110. Um, you know, I'm about to slander Billy here. So hold on to your hat. I've never really been a Billy fan. Um, when he's playing good, it's, you know, all is well, you know, sh- you know, going back and forth with the crowd. When the guy's like two over the four, if you breathe during a shot, he's like coming at you. Uh, horrendous. Very two, I feel like he's very two-faced in that sense. Um, Billy is second in putting on tour. Um, I don't think that's sustainable. I think that is going to fall off a cliff very soon. His putting routine gives me the heebie-jeebies. Kind of looks like he's def- 
diffusing a bomb when he steps over it. You know, he kind of creeps into it. And like, yeah. Granted, he's second on tour in putting, but um, I just don't think that's uh, sustainable um, when you look back to kind of what he'd been for his entire career. And then, Will, I kind of mentioned this earlier. His irons are a catastrophe right now. He is 209th on tour, losing almost a shot per round. Now, when you're playing at a golf course like uh, PGA National, you're going to have those demanding par threes we talked about. You're going to have those you know, difficult second shots, a couple long irons um, coming into a couple of these par fours. Um, I think it could be a short week uh, for Billy Horschel if he doesn't absolutely dial in those irons this week. Meanwhile, in comparison, you're coming, you're go- you're going up against a guy like Joaquin Neiman that can't miss a shot right now. Um, you know, I'm sure the uh, the the greenskeepers at PJ National are checking the pins, make sure they're stable because uh, Neiman's going to be uh, throwing some darts at yeah. him this week. Um, and everybody. I, you know, a lot of people, they see Neiman win, and then they're like, okay, fade Neiman, fade Neiman. And a lot of the time, if the guy is like a, you know, if it's like a Russell Henley and you want, let's say he wins the Sony. Yeah, I think you can fade him the next week because you'd accept that, you, you'd expect that putter to kind of cool off. Meanwhile, um, a guy like Joaquin Neiman, who just lost strokes on the greens <laughs> at Genesis, still won. Um I think he is uh, a lot better pick uh, coming into this week than people think. I think the rest factor is overblown. He didn't, you know, it's like he drove from LA to West Palm Beach this week. Uh, so I really do think that Joaquin Neiman's going to string another good week together. And then when you couple that with Billy's putter cooling off, I really love this matchup. So Billy Horschel, or sorry, Joaquin Neiman over Billy Horschel minus one ten, and then for my other matchup, Louis Ushazen over Daniel Berger, minus 110, and those can be found on DraftKings. Yeah, and uh, on to uh, my matchups this week for the Honda. Uh, both of mine this week on FanDuel. My first is going to be Keith Mitchell over Shane Lowry at plus 112 um, at FanDuel. And it's clear that Vegas is taking the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship and Dubai Desert Classic results into consideration for some of these European guys this week because Shane Lowry had very solid starts at both those events. And the golf course that these guys are playing this week is so different from anything you would find in Dubai. This is not desert golf. This is PGA national where you have to find fairways and perform very well on type Bermuda grass. Um, and you know, who does that very well is Keith Mitchell. Uh, last three starts in Bermuda has been absolutely fantastic. 12th to RSM, 7th to Sony and 10th in Phoenix. Um, and you know what you want to know? We, we just went over how Shane Lowry's last two starts went on Bermuda. Miscut at Mayakoba, miscut at Houston. I love Keith Mitchell over Shane Lowry at plus 112 on FanDuel. My next matchup um, for this week is going to be Matthew Wolf over Russell Knox at minus 112 at FanDuel. Um, and let me just emphasize this one more time. How a player performs on Bermuda this week is so important. I don't think there's a course with stickier Bermuda, stickier Bermuda rough, as Led talked about in the intro, than PGA National. Um, and one player that is high on my radar this week, despite a lot of recent inconsistency, is Matthew Wolf. I love this matchup for him against Russell Knox, who has had a ton of trouble around Bermuda. And Russell Knox has really ball struck his way to some decent finishes uh, the past few weeks. Actually, has finished uh, 33rd place three weeks in a row now, which is, you know, kind of. I'd, I'd throw uh, Russell Knox on that list of PJ Tour players you wouldn't recognize. <laughs> yeah, no chance. No chance. No, Barney at the bar, no chance he recognized Russell Knox. 
But I actually think Russell Knox may miss the cut this week. I, you know, since he came um, in second and third in his past, um, in, in his first two years playing this event, he has missed the cut here four times and has recorded no finishes inside the top 20. Uh, you know, Led, we talked about this last week. Some players just have beginner's luck when they make uh, their first few starts at an event. But, you know, once you have, you know, the scar tissue of four missed cuts in the last five years at PGA National, like Russell Knox does, I can't imagine he's coming into this week with, with too much confidence around this place. And on top of that, since 2015, Russell Knox has never putted above average around PGA National as far as strokes gain putting is concerned. Um, I'm also surprised he's playing at this event, um, Russell Knox, after playing every event on the West Coast swing. Uh, so I love Russell. I, I love Matthew Wolf over Russell Knox at minus 112 on FanDuel. And just going over my two head to head matchups again, it's Keith Mitchell over Shane Lowry plus 112 and Matthew Wolf over Russell Knox at minus 112, both on FanDuel. Love it. Love it. And like we talked about, a bit of a weird week this week with the weakness of the field, weird golf course. So, um, you know, you're kind of going to see that in some of my picks to place. And, Will, you kind of mentioned yours were a bit all over the place as well. Yeah. Um, but moving into those picks to place, uh, these are also DraftKings as well. For my first one, I'm going to take Lee Westwood, top 20, plus 190. Lee isn't quite ready for the Champions Tour. Um, when you even go back to last year, he could have won at Bay Hill and the players. He had runner-up finishes at both events. So not many guys coming in with a better Florida swing than he had last year. Um, playing solid, 32nd and 21st on the European Tour so far this year. Um, not much to speak of the uh, you know, PJ Tour results. Hasn't really hasn't played one this season yet. So when you think of the best ball strikers in the past two decades, Lee Westwood is certainly a name that pops up. So I don't mind Lee Westwood top 20 at plus 190. Um, for my next one, Mito Pereira, top 20 plus 190. Let's keep um, that going with how he played last week, uh, having a top 20. He's now starting to string those together. When you think about you know a good result at Farmers, good result at Genesis on tough golf courses, I think he continues that this week at the Honda. Um, our next one, Lucas Glover, top 20 plus 260. He finished 37th or be- he has now finished 37th or better in four of his last five starts highlighted by a fifth at the Sony with this crappy of a field. I think a top 20 is definitely in his wheelhouse. Um, he finished 19th last year, fourth in 2019, 17th in 2018, 21st in 2017, and then also added a top five here in 2013. I think Joaquin Neiman may have been in diapers then, but you know, I do love the amount of reps he's had on this course compared to most guys. And it's not like, oh, you finished T4 last year, but had like six missed cuts. Like he has a huge sample size of being able to, you know, tame this beast of a course. And um, I just love the fact that he's played it so many times. He's going to know kind of the ins and outs. He's, you know, you get those kind of goofy Bermuda greens and he's going to know which way these things are going. Um, And then for my last uh, pick to place. I have Adam, Adam Svensson, top 40, plus 190. Um, he has made the cut in his last four starts, highlighted by a T7 at the Sony. And, well, we have a deep nugget here from uh, for Adam Svensson, or Sven Dog, some people call him. Uh, I love that. <laughs> final stage of Q School uh, was actually at PGA National. And I wanted – I forgot to bring this up during the bio, uh, you know, talking about the course – so they had Q school here in like 2015. And from what I remember, I think I went 
I didn't go to the last day, but I went a couple of the days. And one thing, you know, when you have those memories that are like, you kind of remember the shirt you're wearing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I kind of have that mem- memory when I was looking at the driving range. I'm like, what golf course is this guy playing compared to everyone else? He won, he won Q school here by seven shots. He went 20 under on this golf course. Um, when he played here in 2015, uh, you know, incredible, uh, you know, well, you talk about scar tissue, there's no one, you know, reverse of that. I mean, he's got to have some really good memories coming out here. Um, in terms of how this course played though, kind of like, it was funny when they did have Q school here, you have guys playing for their tour cards, final t- stage of Q school going into the bear trap. Some guys were like five shots inside the cut line and missed. And like, by the, oh. time they got to the, by the time they got to the 18th hole, were not even, you know, had no chance of even qualifying. So I think they did it one year and they're like, okay, we're moving this thing to Arizona so they can go like 35 under. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, in terms of you have a guy like Adam Svensson, who's been, you know, has made uh, his cuts in his last four starts, top 10 at Sony only a couple of weeks ago here now. And then a guy who just absolutely lapped the place in, uh, in Q school, uh, you know, a, a ways away now, but, he is a Barry uh, University graduate, so, you know, kind of uh, spent some time in the area, has played a lot of college events here, so he's going to know it more than most people. So I think um, Adam Svensson, top 40 plus 190, I don't hate his top 20. I believe that's like plus 550 right now, so feel free to jump on both of those. But just recapping my picks to place, Lee Westwood, top 20 plus 190, Mito Pereira, top 20 plus 190, Lucas Glover, top 20 plus 260, and Adam Svensson, top 40, plus 190. Okay, yeah, after, after just hearing, uh, you know, that, that's, that Svensson deep dive, um, I'm going to be on Svensson, top, top 40, uh, plus 190 as well. Uh, great work there from Led. And uh, moving on to, to, to the rest of my picks to place, I'm going to go Louis Oosthuizen, in top South African um, at plus 120. Um, at DraftKings Sportsbook. And in my opinion, this is the only way to bet Louis Ustase in this week because as I told you in the favorites, Louis has two finishes inside the top 25 here and four starts, uh, but none that are actually inside the top 20. I don't like the top 20 number of minus 115. I don't like his matchup against Berger at DraftKings. Um, and I'm not you know, too fond of his matchup against Horschel in DraftKings. What I love is Louis on that South African leaderboard. Let's go down the list. He's got to be Christian Bazudenhout, who is making his Honda Classic debut this week. And mark my words, Bazudenhout will either MC at the Honda or win this week. We'll talk about that when we get to outrights. Then Louis got to be Garrett Higa, who's making his, who's also making his Honda Classic debut and currently losing about half a uh, shot and a half with his irons over his last five events. That's a recipe for destruction around this golf course. Next, he's got to be Dylan Fertelli, who. Uh, has missed three cuts in his last five starts. Uh, then he's got to beat Charles Schwartzel. Um, and, and he's really the one true veteran that Louis has to beat this week. The good news is he's playing absolutely horrendous to start the season. He has three missed cuts and five starts and a finished no better than 45th to start this year. Um, and finally, Louis will have to beat Dowie Vanderwald, who has missed eight cuts, um, all eight cuts to, to start the season. Uh, for Vanderwald. So this one's an auto lock, possibly my best bet of the week. It's going to be Louis Oosthuizen, top South African at plus 120 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, my next pick to place is going to be uh, Sung JM, top 10 plus 140 on DraftKings Sportsbook. 
this will be my first time this year taking the number one favorite in any way. And there's a few reasons why. Number one, um, I love how Sungjae uh, took some rest during the waste management two weeks ago and kind of recharged the batteries. Number two is obviously his past performance at the Honda. He's never missed a cut here in three starts won this event back in 2020 and came in eighth last year during a week where he didn't even hit his irons well. And number three is how well uh, Sung Jae-in performs on Bermuda surfaces, truly one of the best in the game. Um, and my last pick to place uh, before we get to dark horses here is going to be Daniel Berger, uh, top 20 at minus 110 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you know, definitely some questions with the injury, but like I said, very impressed with the way he's hitting his irons. So I'm going to take a shot on him this week. Um, at minus 110. So going over my uh, my picks to place one more time, Louis Ustase in top South African plus 120 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Sung JM top 10 plus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Daniel Berger top 20 minus 110 at DraftKings Sportsbook. And then I'm trailing led uh, with Adam Sevenson top 40 plus 190. What did you say that was again, Led? For which one? Sorry. For, for uh, Sevenson top 40 plus 190. Yes. That's on on top, what, top, on what that's book? On, sorry, DraftKings. DraftKings. on DraftKings. On DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, so, yeah, there's my uh, my picks to place uh, for the Honda Classic. Led. Let's move right into our dark horses for this week. Okay. Dark horse hit last week with the Mito Pereira uh, top 20 uh, plus 500. My dark horse this week is going to be Nikolai Hogard, 80 to 1. This is his first PJ Tour event, and I absolutely love that. Um, he's got the name and the looks to be a young James Bond villain. You know, he's also an ad- identical twin, so that kind of ties into that James Bond plot line. I could see some evil twins kind of, you know, being the uh, <laughs> being the bad guys in a movie like that. Um, he strikes me as a guy who could come out and win this event by four and be like, yeah, and like, you know, in terms of he's kind of got that, you know, killer look to him. The way he plays, he's also a killer. He either top fives or misses cut. Um, I think on a course like uh, Honda Classic, which is going to be uh, – sorry, PJ National, which is going to be high variance. His game suits uh, suits it really well. He's an absolute bomber. He's coming off a win on the European Tour, also won the Italian Open um, you know, several months ago, so really playing well. And uh, I think this is no time to pass on 80 to one ticket for uh, Dr. Nikolai Hogard. Absolutely love that pick. Yeah. On to, uh, to my dark horse. I'm going to start with Denny McCarthy, top 10 and plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Dennis, Denny finished third here uh, last year. More importantly, he performed extremely well on Bermuda services uh, that are going to be presented this week at the Honda. He took a week off last week after missing the cut at the WM. But before that, he had already racked up seven top 20 finishes to start the season. So my first dark horse is going to be Denny McCarthy, top 10 and plus 140. Uh, I'm sorry, Denny McCarthy, top 10 plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook. My second one is going to be the Monday qualifier, Sam Stevens, top 40 plus 300 on DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, this is the first time um, I'm taking a Monday qualifier since I successfully picked Patrick Flavin to top 20 back at the Bermuda Butterfield Championship. Uh, but yeah, Butterfield Bermuda Championship, my apologies. Um, and here's the bottom line. Sam Stevens has had success all over the globe, and now it's time for him to do it on the PGA Tour. He won a lot of America Tour. Uh, he's competed on the, on the Canadian Tour. He now makes a living on the Corn Ferry Tour. And let me tell you, I talked to Sam Stevens after the round 
uh, yesterday. And, and the one thing that I love to see was he was not overly emotional, emotional about getting through the qualifier. It, you know, it was no surprise to him, a lot like Patrick Flavin back at the Bermuda. A lot of times you see guys so emotional after they qualified for an event. And, you know, that they forget they have an actual tournament to prepare for and to get ready for. That's not even close to what's going to be the case. That seems like a shot at, that seems like a shot at Visaki. Oh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, yeah, you could say that. You know, you could say, <laughs> no, he's you a good guy. He's you could say guy. that. You know, no, I, I, everybody I, reacts to stuff differently. You know? No, you, you're, you're, you're right. But, you well, know, it's all, it's all, well, it's all too like uh, when you're, you know, qualifying for your first PJ tour event, right? Like you could be like the 10 year grinder who's been so close all those years. And then it's like a big breakthrough or this, you know, Sam Stevens guy, right. It's a little bit of a younger guy um, having a little bit of success earlier in his career. Not saying it doesn't mean any mean as much to him or anything, but uh, you know, seems like the, when you talk to him, right. He kind of feels like he belongs out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, you know, it, he, he, you know, his corn fairy kind of the start of his corn fairy, um, career was was interrupted by covid and you know right out of school he, he you know he, he's married he has a family he has a kid had to move back up to wichita to be closer to home um and this is a guy who played on the same oklahoma state team as victor hovland and matthew wolf there's no question um that steven that sam stevens feels like he belongs up there um and, and is extremely hungry to get to the top i think he makes the cut and has a good week um and his first start here at the honda for sure uh so my second dark horse is going to be sam stevens Top 40 at plus 300 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Going, just going back over my my two dark horses, it's going to be Denny McCarthy, top 10, plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook, um, and Sam Stevens, top 40, plus 300, same place. Love it. Love it. And then for my picks to win, um, I'm going with Sung Jay, the tournament favorite. Uh, I just I – just, I don't know. I see him as a uh, – there's like two or three guys kind of in his class, and I think – the way he's been playing, the way he drives the golf ball, you know, what he's been able to do uh, on the greens the last couple of weeks, picking up strokes there. I just, I think he's tough to pass up and I wouldn't be, you know, all you really want, like as Tiger would say, is be in the hunt back nine on Sunday. And if Sunday's doing that at 12 to one, I don't mind eating that a little bit um, into our next guy. I, you know, I like Mito Pereira, honestly. Um, I think I think that number it's right now at forty five to one. I've seen it forty to one in some places. I don't mind if you can only get it at forty to one. Honestly, um, Mito is pretty much fully back ball striking wise. When you think about some of the uh, some of the results he's had on really demanding golf courses, top twenty five at Farmers, top fifteen at Genesis, um, fellow countryman just won. I kind of like that story for yeah. okay, he can do it, I can do it too, kind of thing. I think that's big for the psyche. Um, and just absolutely love the course setup for him. One of the best iron iron players out here. Um, yes, when you go back to last week and look at the number, man, we could have got him at 200 to one last week at the Genesis. The field is just night and day. You know, even a guy like Patrick Reed, he was 90 to one last week, missed the cut by a billion and he's 60 to one this week. So it goes to show that number um, is dropping like crazy for everyone. So don't be too afraid of him in that 45 to one range. Um, but yeah, you know, the way that numbers moved is given the fact that he's coming off a top 20, whereas before when he blew up to 200 to one, he was coming off back to back missed cuts. So that makes sense from, from the bookmakers. Um, Mito is a perennial ball striker, three time winner on the corn Ferry tour. I think 
if he's got a two shot lead uh, coming down the stretch, he's, you know, one of a handful of guys, especially in this field that I think are going to be able to close it out. Um, and then the putter for Mito, which is, uh, you know, not surprising because you just, you know, you, you look at his game and you definitely see him as being the ball striking type. He's now picked up strokes on the greens seven weeks in a row. So love that pairing that up with his ball striking. So I do like him for uh, to win at 45 to one and maybe the Chileans can go back to back. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, going, moving into my out, my outright winners, I am starting with Mito Pereira. Um, as Led said, different place. You get that at 45 to 1. I have it at 41 to 1 on FanDuel. And Led, you really proved me wrong last week as far as Mito was concerned. I was expecting big time regression. Um, and Led cashed that top 20 plus 500 ticket, uh, which was absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm right there with you after seeing fellow Chilean Joko Neiman uh, get it done last week. You, you know, you, you have to think that the older Mito Pereira feels like he's on the cusp uh, of breaking through for his inaugural PGA Tour victory. So my first winner is going to be Mito Pereira, 41 to 1 on FanDuel. My next one, uh, Christian Bazudenhout, 50 to 1. Um, on DraftKings Sportsbook. This is obviously a bit of, you know, a bit of insurance for my Louis uh, top South African ticket uh, because here's the deal. If Bez can get his driver um, in the fairway this week, the rest of his game will truly take care of itself. He, you know, he's trended wonderfully with three top 20 finishes uh, so far this year and has really performed beautifully on Bermuda surfaces. So my two outright winners are going to be Mito Pereira, 41 to one on FanDuel, unless of course you can get, you know, some better odds somewhere else. And then Christian Bazudenhout, 50 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Moving into our um, our um, our DraftKings rosters led. Uh, you won last week. You had a very solid roster. So now it's uh, 4-3 with me still in the lead. Yeah, and Will, I wanted to add one more thing to those uh, picks to win. Um, I'm, you know, the only ones I'm going to be playing are Mito and Sungjae. But I just, if you're feeling Louie or you're feeling, you know, I don't hate Joaquin going back to back. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy, but this isn't. And I just wanted to kind of, for people to understand, he didn't just go shoot 35 under and now has to go play Sony and has to have another unbelievable putting week. He just lost strokes on the greens at Riviera and won. And now he's coming out here and he could potentially win. You know, I saw the weather. It's supposed to be pretty calm, maybe 15 mile an hour winds the first day or some gusts out there. Pretty standard at PGA National. Yeah, he could shoot seven under this week and win. You know what I mean? The way this course plays. So for him to go back to back, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, I'm not saying it's easy to go back to back anytime, but if you're going to do it, it's going to be on back to back, probably difficult golf courses rather than, oh, I had to go 75 under over over a two week span. You know what I mean? He really would only need to go 30 under over a two week span. So definitely, uh, definitely manageable. Um, but yeah, nice to get back uh, on the board in DraftKings last week. Um, for this week, I'm going to be taking Sanjay M, Mito Pereira, Johnny Vegas, Nikolai Hogard, Davis Riley, and then Adam Svendog Svensson. I love it. <laughs> Oh, we need we 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 really need Spencer to perform this week. I'm pumped for this guy. I just love dude when yeah. this guy get when he gets in the zone. You know, I, I, during his. You know, his random, uh, you know, spots that he's on TV. It's absolutely amazing to watch. So, so my buddy uh, played Division II golf at Lynn University, and they played with Barry pretty much, I'd say, like 10 of their 12 events lined up. 
And he was the number one player at Lynn. And then she, so he always used to play with uh, Adam Svensson, who was the number one player at Barry. And he said a couple times he would like play a round of golf with Adam Svensson, right? Even one of them, I remember he was talking about how he was out at PJ national. He said he shot like 64 and the, the longest putt he made was like four and a half feet. Like it was just absolute ball striking show. You know, he's aiming at this edge of the bunker ending on the edge of the bunker. Like every single shot was absolutely like dream perfect scripted. My buddy he was playing with that would like rub his eyes to make sure he was watching uh, was real. So, you know, Adam Sons definitely has a talent. I'm surprised he, it took him, I mean, he was up and down, right? I think he came up one year and then uh, got sent back down, got relegated. But uh, he's out here now, you know, made four cuts in a row. He's here to stay, I think. And I think he can do well this week, just given the fact that ball striker on a ball striker's course, I think he can really do well. Absolutely. And and here's what uh, what my DraftKings roster looks like this week. I'm going to go Keith Mitchell, Mito Pereira, Johnny Vegas, Christian Bazudenhaupt, Nikolai Hogard, and Charles Howell the third, um, And – you know, speaking of Nikolai Hogard, you know, Led's already talked about him a bit, but moving into our Degen bet of the week, um, I'm going to go with Nikolai Hogard, top continental European at plus 500 on DraftKings. He just won the RAS championship on the DP World Tour and, you know, really bright player coming out of Denmark, incredibly streaky, but we're going to take a chance on him in the continental leaderboard for the ultra long shot bet this week, uh, considering that, you know, he doesn't really have Victor Hovland there. Um, you know, to deal with, um, I, I really love that bet this week for our, for my Dijin bet of the week, Nikolai Hogard, top yeah. continental European at plus 500. I was originally going to do Hogard, you know, I had my 80 to one. I was originally going to do him in a top 20 at, uh, I think it was like plus 600 or plus 500, but well, I think it makes more sense to do that, uh, fellow countryman, uh, bet there. So I will be on that as well. Um, for my degen bet, I'm taking Matthew Wolf first round, baby. Uh, first round leader, 80 to one. We already hit this earlier in the year at Mayakoba um, at 66 to one. When you think of the golf course, when you think of the player in the high variance aspect, they absolutely match up. You know, Matthew Wolf, by far longest guy in the field this week. And then you're matching it up with the fact that, you know, he's not afraid to go make birdies. Like we talked about, the one thing that's concerning is at any point he can get, you know, you can throw up a quad or whatever. But when you're looking at a guy who's 35 to one to win the golf tournament and he's a really a roller coaster, right? We can get him at 80 to one first round. It just, for me, it doesn't even make any sense. It's almost like his odds should be better. Uh, his odds should be, he should, you know, be better for, um, for, for first round than they should be for uh, to win the whole event. So I really think, I don't know, we've already hit it earlier in the year. And I just, I love that bet for, uh, for Matthew Wolf. If he keeps the doubles off the cards, you know, wouldn't be shocked if he threw up a 65, wouldn't be shocked if he threw up a 77 the next day. That's just kind of how his game is. So for my gen bet, Matthew Wolf, first round leader, 80 to one. And on to our winning scoring prediction. Yeah. The weather's going to be absolutely perfect. I mean, the winds are going to get to about nine to 15 miles per hour all week. You know, these guys are probably used to that around here. It's nothing abnormal. Let I'll go with 10 under uh, as the winning score. Uh, you know, I, that, that, you know, I, I think the average has been around nine, somewhere between nine and 12 all week. I'll take 10. I'll, I'll, hey, I'm going with your method this week, Led. <laughs> how about we just cancel? I, I, you know, how about we just, we just take the middle of that? 
I love it. I love it. I'm actually going to go with 11 under. So uh, <laughs> I promise I had that written down before you even told me, but perfect. I get, I get the over. Um, Come on, yeah, Wind. Been, Come on, Wind. Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I would love to see like five under win. I love that kind of golf. I love when 70 or, you know, we got to, um, I love when even par is a great score. It's you been know, a while. I don't, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen that. Even to me, it's the worst thing in the world when you get so pumped for this U.S. Open, you know, that's coming up for, for the last couple of years. Yeah. And it's like they shoot like 14 under, you know, and they're shooting 67 and getting lapped. Um, I think more than the PGA Tour knows, fans really do appreciate when par is a good score because par is a good score for them most of the time. Like, right. I don't think that's a wild thing that, okay, at the Amex, it's like you make birdie on a par five. It's like, oh, my God, like I should have made eagle. You know what I mean? I, I don't really like that kind of golf. That's not really golf um, in terms of, you know, even going back to last week when you think of the, the Riviera, right? The first hole is a 500-yard par five that plays downhill like 30 yards, right? It's like, why is that not a par four? They're hitting like eight irons in, you know, it's almost weird the fact that that's a, a par five. And if you don't make birdie off the, you don't birdie the first hole, right? You kind of feel like you're behind the eight ball the rest of the round on the difficult golf course. So um, you got to do, we got to do something here. Either make these courses harder or, you know, lower the pars when, you know, when in doubt, make those 72s to 70 because uh, is it really a par five? If, you know, if you're hitting nine iron in for some of these guys, so, yeah, that's my little rant. Sorry about that. No, I mean, uh, yeah, no question. I mean, I, I think uh, you know, Paul at the pub would would love to see uh, see more more term, tournaments finish around even. Uh, you know, it's more attainable for him. Paul at the pub shoots even. You know, he's buying the whole bar out on Saturday. Believe yeah. that. Marriott Mario go around is on board as well. <laughs> on to uh, our best bets for this week, led. I dropped to three and four for best bets on the year. Have to get that back to 500. I'm going to go Sung JM top 10 at plus 140. The guy gets so dialed in in Florida. Second best scoring record or scoring average behind Tiger Woods in the state of Florida. Um, you know, extremely consistent. Yes, the number one favorite on the week. Uh, but I'm going to go with Sung JM top 10 at plus 140 on DraftKings Sportsbook for my best bet of the week. Love that. Love that. Winning ticket on that man. Um, for my best bet, I'm going to take Joaquin Neiman top 10 plus 200. I honestly think it's a decent number based on the fact that this guy is absolutely striping it. Um, one of the few guys in the field who can open with a 73 and you're not concerned at all about his top 10 uh, ticket on Sunday. Um, and like we talked about last week, picking up 14.1 shots, he to green. Just if he does anything close to that, I mean, hopefully the guy doesn't do a grip change or something the way he's hitting it. Uh, if he does anything close to that, even if the putter regresses a little bit from last week, he can certainly uh, dial up a top 10 for you at plus 200. So for my best bet, Joaquin Neiman top 10 plus 200. Okay, and that'll do it uh, here on the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview for Honda Classic Week. Led great work today. Uh, before you leave us today, make sure to go give us a follow on the socials. You can find me on Twitter at drmedia59 and on Instagram at kingdoctor1. You can follow James on Twitter at jamesledbetter and on Instagram at jamesled. Uh, best of luck to everyone's picks, uh, and we'll see you next week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Led great work today, my friend. Thanks, bud. Excited for a fun week.